0: bad stuff um, <clears throat> that's what makes things good so I think you know because we've all got like laptops and Logic Pro and you can like seriously overdo everything and ruin it but like everybody's trying to do that so let me give you some different ideas or different approaches maybe more minimalist sounds in comparison to you know 10 bases.
1: That's Damien Walsh. This is from the Maker to the Maid.
0: You are listening to From the Maker to the Maid Podcast.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back. How you all doing? Hope you're having a good week. Thanks to everybody who's been listening, commenting, subscribing. There's been a great response so far and it really means a lot that people are digging it. Thanks for the patience as well. There was a few issues with the upload, including a problem with the Spotify link. So it is now all fixed up, all taken care of. It is available on anywhere where podcasts are available. You'll be able to find it now including Spotify. Um, I'm Barry Power, I'm a musician, I'm a songwriter, I'm a wannabe digital renaissance man. From the Maker to the Made is my podcast. Every week I sit down with artists and creatives to pick their brain about their own personal process and explore what it means to be a working creative in the modern digital landscape. In this week's episode I spoke to film composer and songwriter Damien Walsh. Damien's a multi-instrumentalist, a producer, a composer, a singer, a songwriter. He has worked on a wide variety of projects. It's allowed him to write and compose in dozens of styles and different genres to accommodate documentaries, TV shows, feature films, video games and rock and jazz ensembles. In the episode, we spoke about deadlines and how they can improve your focus and help you be more creative. We also talked about managing expectations when working in a collaborative way and how simplicity and accidents can humanize and improve your work. As always, I've included all the links to Damon's socials, his website, his music and his IMDb. Also, consider visiting barrypowermusic.com. Sign up for my mailing list there and get my ebook where I choose to shine a light. There'll also be a weekly email um, giving updates. If you would like to be a guest or you know somebody who might be interested in talking about their own experience as a creative maker of things, send me an email from the maker to the maid at gmail.com. Uh, I've talked to a lot of musicians, but The guest list is wide open if you're a playwright, a writer, an artist, a fashion designer, a maker of groovy mugs. um, I'd love to hear from you from the maker to the maid at gmail.com. Also, if you've been enjoying the podcast so far or you think you know somebody who might like it, please share it around. Leave a comment. And if you're feeling especially generous, leave me a positive review on iTunes really helps with the visibility of the podcast. So it doesn't disappear into the weird vaults. Um, all the links will be included as links in the show notes. Have a great week. I will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Here's Damien Walsh. Damien Walsh, very welcome to From the Maker to the Maid. How are you going now, man? I'm
0: good. I'm good. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me.
1: So I'd like to just start off, jump straight in. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background?
0: Okay, my music background, or my overall background,
1: your your musical <laughs> background, sure. Um, yeah, and particularly if you have any memories of how you first kind of came to being creative with music. So, um, I suppose a lot of a lot of us learn an instrument, but we don't kind of take ownership of the instrument. Yes, yeah. you know, it's like we'll run up scales and stuff, but we won't necessarily sit down and write a song with it. So what kind sure. of do you have any memories of of any time where you deliberately sat down to go oh I I can write a song or I can yep. make up a a rhyme
0: Sure um yeah so probably my 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 background first of all is kind of like um my dad has always oh, he was always into music and um he sang quite a lot um doing uh, kind of doing stuff with show bands and and that kind of stuff doing competitions and, and so there's always kind of been music around the the house um apparently when i was like two he um he used to always like play play guitar and sing songs to my older brothers and sisters and um <clears throat> he tried to do that with me and i kind of launched out of the cot and tried to grab the guitar because I was like
1: "No, All right, so you're not,
0: like- not interested uh, okay. give, give me the guitar I'll play it <laughs> so, so you're um, a prodigy so well <laughs> it took quite a while before I started actually playing guitar then but um, I think uh, that was like his first thing was me not really being that interested in I just wanted to play I just wanted to make noise so that was kind of I guess the first memory um, that he has said uh, musically for me like but then from there um kind of sang in school choirs and um played you know the usual recorder stuff and tin whistle and um but the first time i guess i i, I was getting into music when i was about 12 or so and um, wanted to play the guitar my dad was trying to teach me like the usual house of the rising sun stuff uh, and then i heard oasis i heard oasis and then blur kind mm-hmm. of in and around the same time and i was like oh, i have i you know i have to be able to play this kind of stuff particularly wonderwall i was like how you know i have to learn that
1: yeah wonderwall was the first tune i learned as well. <coughs> really yeah.
0: yeah did you did you learn it incorrectly because you couldn't read the i i got the book the what's the story more and glory book and i didn't know what a capo was so i was like Stretching all over the fretboard, wow. trying to play Wonderwall because <laughs> okay. it, it was like a capo on fret two or something, fret two. Um, and it and was it's just chaos. Shapes yeah, with a capo. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, so from there, then I was kind of hooked on learning that entire album. I got the book, learned all of that stuff, learned this uh, how to sing the songs and stuff, um, and then from there. Really quickly jumped straight into Radiohead, which was quite quite odd. Um, transition, I suppose, from Oasis to Radiohead. Um, and I went to see them and stuff. And then that was kind of the first time I wrote something. So like the first song that I wrote, I was probably like 14 or 15. And I stole the first two chords from My Iron Lung. <laughs> I was listening to Green Day at the time as well. Uh, so I came across the word apathy, <laughs> so that went into the song as well. So it's like basically just robbing loads of stuff from from other people. Um, but the song turned out to be pretty cool, and it was like <clears throat> one of many songs that I kind of gigged. I think I was probably sixteen doing gigs with a with a, a kind of originals band. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the first time that I actually, although robbed bits and pieces was creative in a yeah sense.
1: but yeah. you felt it was yours like
0: yeah i mean there were there were other changes you know there's other chord changes and stuff in it and um <clears throat> i guess when you're when you're starting off you all you all you know is um you know the couple of things that you've learned in the beginning and that's kind of what you're going to use to
1: yeah well they say you know great artists steal yeah so <laughs> you know <laughs> i think you're in good company yeah um so yeah. So, what does your process look like today? Is it similar, kind of?
0: Um, well, you still steal things. <laughs> yes, just more. I call it pastiche now because I'm like I'm older.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> that's good. Cool. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but no. Uh, so I guess it's a bit different now because, uh, although I've you know written songs, um over the last couple of years it's more so focused on writing for screen so um, films and and TV and stuff like that so um in terms of the creative process a lot of that comes from what's happening in the in the film in the scene um you know direction from um from the director or producers and that kind of stuff uh, really kind of is a significant uh, influence as to to what comes up. Um, But there's still, you would, you know, I'd have outside influences of, I'd like to try this. I'm going to buy, you know, I want a synthesizer. Mm -hmm. I've got ideas that I want to do. Um, And uh, I guess there's a lot of kind of, uh, what would I say? Yeah, just lots of different... There's like, a, I guess, a melting pot of ideas every time I'm kind of going to to work on a brand new film. Uh, it could be sounds, different noises that I think would be cool to incorporate into the um, the film. Uh, and then I'd kind of pull together like a palette or like I don't necessarily use a, a big template within my door or anything like that. It would be more like trying to grab multiple different sounds and things um, so that I've got something to start with before I actually. yeah.
1: So you kind of like, <clears throat> like a painter would lay out their colors on their palette. You kind of get a sonic palette together for whatever yeah. project you're.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Because uh, I think like the biggest problem when I started off was, uh, you know, I got a lot of plugins and, you know, virtual instruments and all that kind of stuff. And, even when you're using logic or something, you've got just, there's too much stuff. Um, so too much choice. <clears throat> there's too much choice. Uh, and then, you know, you could spend hours trying to find some kind of sound when y- you really have to kind of, you know, make the options smaller so that you can actually go back to writing some music because that's really what it's all about. It's It's actually about the music as opposed to you know, trying to put as many synths or whatever into.
1: So would you say that, like, a really big part of the creative process is just simply kind of decision making, you know, to say, okay, I'm going to stop scrolling through this library now and, yeah, you know, cut it?
0: Yeah, big time, because, um, uh like, an example, I, I was working on a, a documentary called Sacred Sites for Smithsonian Channel, and I had a very kind of short time window to... To write the music and um basically what i had to do was just go look this is your palette Th- these are the you know the sounds that you're going to use and um, obviously you want to have consistency across different scenes and stuff like that as well but if you listen to the tracks there is quite a um i guess <clears throat> there's quite a a difference in sounds but i'm still trying to reuse things just so that you're kind of going back to same themes and 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 just just kind of familiar um sounds but um yeah so i basically i put together a a kind of template for this particular episode um and i think i managed to to write like i think it was in two days i did about 30 minutes of Oh, like almost finished music. Wow. That's, <laughs> uh, that's a lot. Now I didn't really sleep at all, but um,
1: <laughs> did that inform the music then?
0: I forgot half the cues, so like I went back to listening to them. I was like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. Did I write that one? <laughs> I was like, I, you know, some of them <clears throat> were literally like looking at the, looking at the um, the the picture and going with pure gut instinct uh to to write it. Um and they turned out pretty well. Like I there wasn't there wasn't any pushback from the other side. Um and I think because I did it in that kind of really short space of time, there was a really good element of like consistent sound and ideas, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it
1: all worked coherently. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And do do you find then that working to a deadline helps or does it just stress you out
0: um, yeah I think it helps it, it helps a lot Like um, because like I'm working on I'm working on a film at the moment and it's been held up quite a lot from they're doing lots of VFX so at the beginning I started and I you know got really into it and wrote loads of stuff um, to the I guess the, the the really rough cut and then from there uh, it was like, oh, we're gonna have to send it off for VFX, and we might probably have to cut some things and and that kind of stuff. Which, which is fine, because I I had my ideas prepared, um, but now, until I kind of get the full thing back, there's there's like, not I, much it can do. Not re- well, I could I could be writing bits and pieces, but there's not a huge motivation there for me to, I guess you know, go over it again. So. Yeah, when, when things are like that and kind of up in the air, yeah, like, I'm just, the guys are going to send me the the final cut or whatever and I'll just get through that in like a couple of weeks. So that,
1: that'd be a big difference. Um, I suppose the difference between scoring and, say, songwriting in general yeah, is that you have, like, with the songwriting in general, you kind of go, well, I might write a bit today and I might write a bit tomorrow, but with scoring it's like, I have to get this done and out the door by the end of the day. So yeah. do, you, do you, you know, do you, do you enjoy that? Do you enjoy that pressure? Do you find that it makes you more creative or, um, yeah, just more decisive?
0: Um, I, I think there's like, with creativity, there has to be an element of decision. Um, you know, I'm just going to go with this. i I've, you know, it sounds good. I'm not going to think, I'm not going to overthink it. I'm just going to, this is my thing and I'm going to go with it and I'm going to finish the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that even when I was, so I was in a, a band called SIL about, it's probably about seven years ago now. Oh, you were at the, Oh, was that yeah, your gig. You were yeah. at the gig, yeah. Was that your so, album launch? That was the album launch, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. A great gig. Thanks very much. So when, when we were, kind of putting together songs for that band um. even then my output was like mad and i would well, had no deadline i was like here pete here's 20 songs oh yeah yeah and he's like what i was like here's another like so of you
1: never had an issue with you know being prolific it just
0: uh, it was more like um i had loads of ideas and uh, particularly in that band where I wasn't actually the lead singer originally. Uh the other guy the other guitarist was. Um So I kind of want when I joined the band, I thought it'd be you know, I'd like to sing a couple of songs, it might be cool. Uh and then all of a sudden I just start turning out songs and it kind of ended up where we were kind of sharing, uh, singing, um, and then the album ended up I think I did eight eight or nine of the songs on the album I wrote. Um but it was just <clears throat> purely that I just had loads of ideas and I was like sending them. So it was just like day. whatever
1: whatever place you were in, it just was flowing and
0: Yeah. But not not necessarily I think I had I think lyrics were always uh tough enough for me. Um in comparison to musical ideas. I could just turn that which is why i'm a film composer
1: (laughs) well yeah well it's it's interesting yeah um but yeah do you know uh, and aside from lyrics have you have you ever had any kind of periods where it it wasn't coming or do you know not so much writer's block but maybe you just weren't feeling particularly creative yeah
0: um yeah i think that like it happens a lot um Funny enough, it doesn't seem to happen with a deadline. So when there's a when there's somebody that's like, I've paid you like fifty percent, I'm expecting, and this. the deadline is this date, work. Uh, that's one of the best ways to not, you know.
1: Do you think more? Uh, do you think more songwriters would benefit from having deadlines? <laughs> and uh, do you know, do you think this open-ended kind of idea is 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 a good thing?
0: It depends. It depends. Like, I mean, some song songwriters are like extremely disciplined in how that they how they work, um. But if you're not, then you need you need something to make you, you know, finish something. Like what? Like you have to.
1: Yeah. How do, well? How do you know if it's finished?
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> how do you know? If, well, it's the deadline date. <laughs> So. no um how and do you, know, you can't self-impose um, a deadline yeah um how do you know if it's finished um i don't i don't think things are i don't think things are ever finished it's like you know i, I can listen back to pretty much any cue or any song that i've written and go oh, i could have done this bit better i could have mm. done that so it's more like uh, when are you happy enough with it or when are you like, even for me, it's like, uh, f- if there's a queue and there's like one really cool bit and then the rest of it doesn't excite me that much, but it's, it's like doing what it needs to do. And then there's a cool bit that I'm really yeah. happy with. Um, that might be one indicator. Um, because obviously it's, it's underscore, there's not meant to be loads of cool bits, <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah, but, if,
1: if, if you notice it, it's not doing its job, or,
0: Yeah, yeah. You're not, but but just you know, a cool like something that's that's of that's interesting to me, um, that makes me happy. And then the you know if if the director or whatever likes it as well, that's that's even better. Um, yeah. So yeah, when is it? When is something finished?
1: Who knows? Yeah, yeah, I I like to think of it like, do you know when you take when you take a photograph? sometimes you want to come back and go I wish they were standing here 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 yeah you take literally take what's in front of you at the time yeah but and that's it
0: like one thing that I you know when you listen to I always really like listen to like um, say like unplugged uh, bands and things like that where there's mistakes and or even just maybe an outtake of a song that there's there's things like there's kind of wonky bits bad stuff yeah um, <clears throat> that's what makes things good so I think you know because we've all got like laptops and Logic Pro and you can like seriously overdo everything and ruin it uh, in terms of you know even just from your songwriting process um, there's a lot of there's a lot of time when you you listen to something, and you're like, "That's too perfect." Why? Like,
1: yeah, a lot of pop music is is like that. I yeah, now
0: <clears throat> yeah, it's but it's just in some cases it's kind of it's gone too far where there's no kind of level of humanity to to things, uh, and you can still do, you can do the same kind of thing with the film score stuff if you're doing a lot of it in the box and you're not like recording live musicians or whatever, Um there's there's a, a lot of kind of inhuman kind of sounds to it i suppose so i always try and record uh, even if it's like reamping or if i'm you know get it like just get a violin or a, a cello and mess around play it far. really badly but at least it's a real cello or a real violin yeah uh,
1: so that that kind of human element means a lot for
0: i would put it in every single queue unless someone wanted
1: like yeah
0: synth <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, but even if it was synth uh, i'd put the synth in, into an amp i wouldn't just kind of put it directly in and then you know you can record it so you've got the um you know the air and that kind of stuff it it makes a huge difference um it makes a huge difference to me anyway but like even if i was to do like an orchestral type sounding thing um, i would always try and hire the lead so if, if it was a violinist or a cellist or something who whatever whatever instrument was playing the you know the main melody um to play to, to get, play it for real and get it to down. make it sound yeah
1: yeah that's really cool yeah that's i think a, that's a nice approach
0: yeah uh, like it works it works so well i think who told me to do that gary shyman <laughs> he's um i was at a workshop with him in Uh, in pulse i think he wrote um he's a really well-known uh video game composer Uh, and that was the it was one of the things that after the talk it was like really uh something that kind of stuck with me just always get some kind of human element into into your tracks Mm. yeah
1: that's great advice Mm. for anybody listening to this Yeah. yeah yeah true uh, so, what brought you to film composing and film scoring? Um,
0: I think the so I wrote something just after New Park. Actually, I wrote a piece for I. I think I found it on some online forum. Somebody needed uh, a composer to write for their kind of short documentary, Um it was like it was a an af. It was based in Africa, uh, and I had to write kind of um kind of sukus guitar piece um which was that uh, which was really cool but that was like the first i guess introduction to doing it but i think even if you got, got kind of going back before that listen to like the likes of radiohead and stuff um where i wasn't really that focused on listening to tom york's mad lyrics i was more like wow well, the atmosphere and all this kind of yeah. sound is is amazing like and that was um i ca- i wanted to know how i was i could do that part i was more interested in that part as opposed to to lyric writing um so i did that and then uh, f- when we were when i was in the sal band um we were doing we we did a like our our um single video uh so the guy that did that uh, also worked for R.T.E. junior and he, did, he was doing a, like, a six-part um, radio, kind of kids' radio show. Um, and he said, would I be interested in scoring it? So I did. And it was rubbish, but that <laughs> well, was my Was very... it a good experience? So, it was like, great, yeah, no... To write it? Yeah, it you're was... coming
1: at it from a place of, like... Never done. You're never going to sit down and write kids' songs.
0: Yeah. Well, it wasn't... No, it wasn't kids' songs. It was, like, a... What was it? It was, like, a fantasy uh, story... Like a six-part fantasy yeah, story. That's cool. Yeah, so he was kind of like, I wanted to sound like Game of Thrones. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> great. Okay, I'm just, you know.
1: So how do you, how do you manage expectations from directors who uh-huh. go, you know, I want it to be like John Williams and.
0: Yeah. Um. So
1: and like as well as that, how do you kind of, uh, I suppose, um not seldom that's the wrong word <laughs> but like how do you kind of convince them of of your approach as opposed to something that they have uh, like sh- surely they have something really embedded in their head that they want yeah so i want it to sound exactly like such and such how do you how do you kind of navigate that it's yeah. very different from
0: yeah um so what <laughs> you get this kind of uh when you get your your edit you get a uh in most cases you're going to get a temp track that they've put in and depending on the uh, the editor or the director um, like basically the the less the the, less, the exper- less experienced director or editor will start putting in stuff that's just unattainable like Hans yeah. Zimmer like you know I got one film and it, it, it was full of Hans Zimmer stuff and I'm like what's your budget for this <laughs> 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 so you just
1: manage expectations by saying you can't afford to do that
0: yeah you know um and also uh the i guess the scale of like obviously you can you can try and mimic uh Hans Zimmer, but like everybody's trying to do that so let me give you some different ideas or different approaches maybe more minimalist sounds in comparison to mm-hmm. you know 10 bases like i mean um also the scenes themselves like if you're if you're thinking about like um inception right and then you're thinking how much did that cost to make the actual visuals or all of that kind of stuff versus you know a 20 30 you know 100 grand budget film um are they going to match up to the epicness of a so, score, yeah, and it might be out of place? Like,
1: that's a funny uh, thought. Yeah. That, yeah, you're you spend too much money on the music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it doesn't sit right. Yeah, um, said so nobody, or ever. just no, it's just <laughs> no,
0: it's just like ep like, um, you're asking me for all of this really big, large, epic music, and the the pictures don't don't match that so it's it's out of whack like
1: so so you kind of have to I suppose explain to directors sometimes the yeah I mean, how, how it works together so it's not just I'll, I'll present you music but also I'll present you maybe how it should fit together yeah as well, opposed to what you might have in your mind
0: I think one of the I worked on a short film uh, with a guy called Pat McKnight um, he was like probably the most engaged musically director that I've worked with um just as a just from a perspective where he didn't he didn't want to put in temp tracks really he had a few ideas and um, sent them over didn't put them into the the film either um but had a very kind of clear idea of this is how this is how it should all work and it was really really good to work with someone like that cuz then i can go well what about this or how about this and
1: so did he, did he explain that kind of emotionally or yeah. kind of through textures or
0: um yeah so yeah he, he was he was very detailed you know like i want you know really Brian eno ethereal this and then i want this and then um i want the emotion to change just before this happens. You know, all all that, like the stuff that you, when you're in college learning about this, uh, you get told that this is how things work, but Mm -hmm. they don't (laughs) (laughs) normally, you know, it's like, this is how your relationship with the director works. It's like every, every single relationship is different. And, um, you know, but this kind of worked out textbook, how something might want, how something would perfectly work in a, oh, yeah. in a, in a situation. Like in some, in some cases, like you'll have a director just ringing you up going, yeah, didn't like that. Just do something else.
1: <laughs> that must be very frustrating. You know. and, and how do you feel like aside from obviously it's a job and you have to get it done, but sharing, I suppose, sharing the creative process where you like, ultimately you, you don't have final say, which is very, which is very strange for, do you know being a writer yeah that you know like if i was writing something i'd like final, i'd find it very hard to give it to somebody else and go i don't like that come back and give me something else
0: yeah um i guess when when you get to the point where you're creating such a volume of stuff you're you're okay to le- kind of let go of it or whatever um you know some some projects that i work on you might write 50 pieces of music and if one of them comes back and you're like no i want you to change to that you're just like okay like or so you're yeah. precious about <laughs> it uh well sometimes you write something really good and you're like
1: no do you and ever then, write then you something to, really good and then you know, i'm keeping that I'm, he's not getting it.
0: um no not really but what i do is i kind of have a a mental note of stuff that was really you know say like a, a particular chord progression that worked well and kind of got this emotion that i wanted out uh in the scene i'll take note of them things so that i can kind of not not copy exactly what i did but just kind of reuse that type of thing yeah um so yeah so like <clears throat> there's only a i guess you know you have you have a certain amount of chords and a certain amount of, you know, ways to put them. Um, and it's good to have quick ways to get straight into like an emotion or a sound. And then obviously you can, you can tinker with that. So you have
1: kind of musical templates you use more, you know, for lack of a better term, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Like, um, like you can see it, it, like a lot of composers do that. Um, even just, you know, if you need to kind of have this a, quite a long drawn out scene, there'll be like certain certain ways that you can uh, develop a chord progression while just keeping that core progression the same, but just moving up a minor third or that that kind of thing yeah. where it's still moving somewhere, but it's not um, the exact same and then you can kind of change your melodies and
1: it's familiar enough that you don't notice it changing
0: yeah exactly so um yeah there's there's loads of tricks like that and that are that are very helpful for particularly you know underscore where you're you're trying to keep keep out of the way as much as possible but still build maybe tension or something like that
1: yeah cool Mm -hmm. and um have you always had a a very strong work ethic to get all that stuff done or yeah. Did you build that?
0: Um, I think I worked uh when I when I finished school. I worked in business for like years, uh, and I think working in an office and working in an environment that that always kind of makes you accountable for stuff. Uh, made me have the discipline to make my you know be accountable to myself to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's the same with, you know, you know, going out and trying to get work. Um, that takes quite a lot of time uh, and it takes a lot of discipline to, you know, to be contacting people and trying to trying to get into these companies and that kind of stuff. So, um, but I think it's, yeah, it's always been there and like, there's always been ideas floating around my head and, you know, once I sit down in front of the, the uh the computer if i grab the guitar stuff just kind of comes out
1: yeah so like what does your day-to-day process look like do you do you have a set routine you know like go in and meditate for 20 minutes (laughs) you know no not really um
0: i think you know for from from a writing perspective it's just um i guess if i don't have a project like as in you know if i'm not scoring something then it would be more kind of relaxed stuff where I'd just try and write something with it, you know, a different instrument, like a you know synthesizer, or just I guess um, testing out different ideas because I always have like projects lined up like across the year, and um, and I always have you kind of have to be kind of constantly thinking about. What you're gonna do with them, or and and how you're gonna work on them, so sometimes it'd be like, well, that project's probably gonna require more guitar than I normally do, or mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So then, um, I would start kind of pulling some ideas together that way. But if I'm actually working on something, it's literally just sit down and just get on with it. Get on. Yeah.
1: And do you, do you write every day or do you compose every day?
0: Um, not. Not every day, um, but there will probably be some element of music, like you know, just just kind of playing or whatever, uh, every day. But um, when, yeah, because I guess the reason is I take I, I try and take breaks is when it comes to the time where I'm on a deadline and I need to get something done. It's just not really doing anything else. It's just constant. So you can shut writing. off and
1: put the the blinders on and off you go
0: yeah exactly and it's always good i think um to like have gaps between projects so that when you're you know even if it's only a week or two just that you're going really fresh into a new project with new ideas
1: yeah, yeah. so you'll often take time off after one yeah. project before you get into yeah one.
0: yeah like some of them some some of the projects with like um you know really uh, really tight deadlines you don't want you really don't want to write that much after after you finish them Um, just burnt out I suppose
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah you see the importance of kind of refreshing
0: yeah definitely
1: cool so let's pivot just for a minute um, and talk about career in the artistic world as we see it in 2019 yeah how do you find it Living as a creative um, now compared to how you might have wanted it to be when you started off playing music, it's a very different yeah. world.
0: Yeah, it's to- it's, I guess the the rock and roll lifestyle idea or the you know being a famous guitarist or that kind of thing, and um, that you grow up with soon becomes like a reality as to you could get really good at guitar and then you probably you know you can release stuff and um i think now the problem is that when you release stuff there's just so much other people releasing things um without a good it's it's again it's it's back to business without a good pr company behind you without like proper press and all that kind of stuff um some, you know, a piece of music or an album or whatever that you release could just fall flat with it if you don't put the, you know, the actual PR investment and social investment into it. And um, so in that sense, you know, as a as an artist releasing things, it would be, I guess it's quite difficult. And um, but then the upside that I find is that because of technology and um, I can compose and I can get paid to be a composer um i work I can work from my apartment i've got a uh, I've got a studio as well I can work from there and um, I can work with people abroad um so that's opened up loads of opportunities for me to to be able to work because otherwise i wouldn't
1: and that, did that inform your decision to kind of pivot to more film composing and that end of things? Um or would you have found you might have stayed kind of in the songwriting world?
0: It, not necessarily. Um like I've always I've always enjoyed write, writing songs, um but I think I found that I was best at music to to visuals. I like that was something that I thought that I was good at. As I got more work doing it and realised people are paying me to do this like this is, this is I didn't think that was going to this is great and then um to the point now where i'm not really looking for work people are coming and asking me to do things and i can actually pick projects um
1: that's fantastic
0: which is really nice like mm. so uh but that was just yeah i mean i wouldn't i definitely wouldn't have had that that kind of opportunity when you had to go to a recording studio and record a live orchestra. Like now I can just
1: have a live use orchestra. My DAW or, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So have you any advice or tips for anybody that would be considering becoming an artist or a creative person?
0: Um Yeah, I, I think like one thing is to define what you want to do. Um I think when I decided right I'm just gonna I'm gonna be a film I'm gonna write music for films and that was okay great that was it then I got some really good advice from um from a woman she uh she's like a a film um composer mentor say um she's based in New York she gave me some really good advice as in you know define who you are like uh make sure that your name is kind of fits so for example if i if you go to imdb and you look up damien walsh there's like five of them so on my imdb is damien paul walsh okay and like yeah, doing so you can all, stand out. yeah doing all these things just like really simple things to stand out and um, other stuff is like uh Write in a specific style. So even if you're gonna be a songwriter or something, you know, you have to differentiate yourself. Um, and I think that's like a it's a key thing, even in film score and uh, and songwriting. To what what is it that's different? Like, is it you know? It could be lyrically. It could be the sound of the voice. It could be the the actual music or you know using experimenting with strange instruments what sets you apart yeah, yeah exactly um, and then yeah and then so once you've decided all that stuff then you just need to work really really hard and like um, you know if there's anyone there that wants to, if there's anyone listening that wants to figure out how to get work as a film composer the key thing is to um get a list of as many um, directors uh, producers uh, first of all start with your location then uh, then try and expand out and email all of them. Um, with try not to be generic try not to be sending mail shots and be well, very marketing but try and relate to some of these people and uh, try and meet them and then try and build a network that way because otherwise you know if you if you don't have a network you're not going to um yeah you're not really going to succeed
1: cool and uh, finally um can you recommend any resources like books or websites or anything that you found really inspirational anything that really helped you along the way
0: um that's a good question
1: whatever you want it can be a movie it can be
0: yeah, an album, you know. Um, yeah, I think like resources wise, it's actually a funny one, but um, it was on it's on the, uh, VSL harmonic page. I I can give you the link and then you can you can link it, but um, link in the show notes. Yeah, exactly. But it's <clears throat> what what I when I started um, wanting to write music for like orchestra and stuff um one of the key things that people don't get or whatever in in a bad vst um for specific instruments you can play notes that aren't available so this this uh this is like a an online resource that gives you uh every single instrument in the orchestra uh their pitch range and what they sound like talks about like all kinds of different um Articulations they can do and all that kind of stuff, which is really good.
1: So basically, if you're trying to make a tuba sound like a flute, yeah, it'll point you in the right direction.
0: Yeah, exactly. But like, if you if you're like using the uh, the default logic plugins, that might let you play a tuba up really high or something. So Um,
1: understand the instruments that you're working with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't play them.
0: Yeah, yeah, um. And then like there's there's um oh, I can't think of there's 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 quite a lot of books um from there's one I think it's Miroslav from piano to uh to orchestra, which was one book that I got. So basically what that was you write a piece of music um just on piano and then it tells you how to push it out across oh, that's all of really the instruments. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So that was really good, um, but yeah, I mean, lots of other stuff. I had I had some great workshops, um, like particularly around orchestration, um, with with some really good uh, orchestrators through the likes of Imro, and um, they've got some good stuff there. And yeah, I mean, just there's there's so many online resources. Actually, yes, Rick Beato on.
1: YouTube Uh, is awesome. Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I love it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So like he does some cool, he does everything really. He does like jazz guitar and then he like do John Williams stuff and all kinds of things. So he's, he's excellent. Cool. Yep. Well, that'll wrap it up. Good stuff. Thanks a million. No problem. That was great.